0: But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. I'm going to read it again. I want it to sink into your heart. I'm going to preach tonight on the three steps to the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost three steps to the blasphemy of the holy ghost verily i say unto you all sins all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men and blasphemies wherewithsoever they shall blaspheme but he that shall blaspheme against the holy ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Amen. Brother Elder, would you pray? God, tonight, thank you, Lord. Lord, Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Lord, for the honor of your spirit. We We ask now, Lord, that you anoint the ears of the hearers and the heart of the hearers. Lord God, we pray right now that the Holy Lord the Lord come Lord, Lord right now as he ministers to us, amen. To us, Jesus.
1: Amen.
0: Praise God. Amen. Everybody said amen. amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. Now, I realize this is a serious message, but I don't want you to sit down on me tonight. There's going to be some times when you can respond. Amen. Amen. I want you to help me. Help me, Sister Elder. Praise God. Hallelujah. Three steps to the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you those three steps right in the beginning. First of all, it starts with resisting the Holy Ghost. Then it progresses to grieving the Holy Ghost. And finally it culminates in quenching the Holy Ghost or putting it out. When you quench a fire, you put the fire out. When you quench the Holy Ghost, you put the Holy Ghost out. The Holy Ghost fire out. Now in my vesting and dealing with souls, I feel like that the greatest question that I have ever encountered from different people, whether they really wanted to live for God or not, nearly everybody has a question down in them. Preacher, what is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? What is the unpardonable sin? Seem like that God has put enough conscience in people that though they live in sin and they rebel against God by times, they really don't want to go too far because I am convinced tonight that down within every man and every woman and every young person, there is a desire to someday be saved i believe the meanest people in hutchinson way down deep inside they intend to someday get right with god they mean to they don't Nobody wants to go to hell. Nobody wants to be lost. And though they may be playing games with God tonight, I really believe that they intend down the line to be saved. And therefore the question is down in them. I don't want to go too far. I don't want to be cut off. I don't want to commit the unpardonable sin. I don't want to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Now, I preach that fear does not come from the Lord. For the Bible said, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. But I'm going to tell you, when you fear lest you blaspheme of the Holy Ghost, that's a healthy fear. That's one fear you ought to have. Amen. 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 When I first received the Holy Ghost, I went home from that youth camp and I was so thrilled, Brother Elder. I was bubbling over. God had miraculously changed my life. But after two or three days or a week of walking in the Spirit, the devil showed up on my front porch. How many of you ever found him? Ever run into him? He said, why, well, you didn't get the Holy Ghost. You blasphemed the Holy Ghost a long time ago. You didn't get nothing. They just worked you up and made you talk in tongues and you don't have anything because you blasphemed the Holy Ghost a long time ago. And he began to bring up some little old sacrilegious joke that somebody had told at the youth camp way back when i was a younger kid and i'd kind of laughed at it and and uh, I knew it wasn't right and I just kind of got tickled at the ball the way he was telling it and the devil began to try to hammer me over the head. You laughed at that sacrilegious joke about God and you have blasphemed the Holy Ghost and I can't tell you the agony and the torment in my mind that I went through for the next few days and even weeks that maybe I really had already blasphemed the Holy Goes before I'd ever got that touch at that youth camp, and I begin to search the Scripture, brother elder, from Genesis to Revelation, and I begin to study about when God cut people off, and when people were cut off, and when the anointing left them, and when they had got out of touch with God, and I found out something about this subject and god began to encourage my heart and he began to say my bible is overflowing with the promises of my mercy and my forgiveness Little children, i write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, oh, thank God. He hath an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I said, we've got an advocate. We've got an advocate. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And he said if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the text said that all sins shall be forgiven, men. I've come to preach to you tonight contrary to popular opinion that there is not just one word or one deed or one something that you do that God forevermore cuts you off for. But I feel like that you get to the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost through a process of number one, resisting God, and number two, till you grieve God, and finally you quit God or just snuff him out of your life. I want you to know God is long-suffering. It is not his will that anybody in this building should perish, but that all people should come to repentance, and God is not some old mean, haughty, horrible God that's standing up on the throne with a ball bat in his hand just anxious to cut somebody off, but he is long-suffering. Oh how many of you know personally, how many of you know personally, he's long-suffering. Oh he's forgiven me so many times. I said he's forgiven me so many times. Brother elders, there's been so many times when some preacher preached to me at conference and I had to crawl up under the altar and say, oh my God, forgive me, help me to get with it. Souls are lost. I know by experience, he's a long-suffering God. He's not willing that anybody perish. He's not just sitting around anxious to cut somebody off. He'll bear long with people. But i tell you what I believe. I believe the continual and perpetual rejecting and rebelling against God until God's spirit withdraws from you and leaves you nevermore to deal with you is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And I don't think you get there overnight. But I think it's a gradual process. First you learn how to resist the Holy Ghost. And let's talk about that. Resisting the Holy Ghost. The first step toward the blasphemy. Is just simply resisting the Holy Ghost. The word resist means to withstand the force or effect of something. To exert force in opposition. To oppose. Jesus said in another place, He that is not with me is against me. And he that is not helping me gather souls in are actually causing them to be scattered abroad. Church, you better help your preacher gather souls in this city. Because if you're not helping gather, you're actually instrumental in scattering them. Amen. To resist the Holy Ghost. It starts off little. Like Brother Elder was talking about tonight. It starts off some new saint comes in the church and they're so thrilled and blessed with the Holy Ghost and the revelation of Jesus name and they wouldn't miss service for anything and if an emergency came up and they had to miss why they couldn't wait till service is over to call the pastor and say oh brother I'm sorry this happened and I didn't get there tonight But sometimes as time goes along and people become professional Pentecostals and they get a little calloused in their spirit and they get a little rebellion against pastoral authority and they begin to miss church and they don't even think anything about it. They're taking their first step toward the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. You say, oh, it's not that serious to miss church. No, it starts off little. The devil always starts off with just little things. He just gets you to miss in church. He just tells you, well, you know, the preacher, he's probably got more money than you do anyway, and you don't have to pay your tithe, and uh, you can make it up later, and you go to resisting the Word of God and resisting the Holy Ghost, and it don't seem like a big thing at that time little do you know you're started on a journey toward the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost you're started down the wrong path It's just little things like when the spirit of the lord moves on you to go and pray but you've learned how to turn it off and say i'm just too tired or i just don't feel like it or i'll go later oh my god friend you better not learn how to resist the holy ghost oh god oh god you know what I'd have been doing if I'd have told Brother Elder tonight on that phone I wouldn't come? I'd have been resisting the Holy Ghost. Now that one particular act may would have never cut me off from God. But if I learned to overrule the Holy Ghost in my life, it won't be long until I'll resist in another area. And there will be something else come up. And then something else. The Bible said that Stephen was preaching to the Sanhedrin court, and he began to preach in Acts chapter 7, and in verse 51, he said, you do always resist the Holy Ghost, even as your fathers did. So do ye. You know what he was saying? The more you resist the Holy Ghost, the easier it is to keep on resisting it. You do always resist it. You're just like your fathers. They learned to resist God and go after other gods and intermarry among the heathen, and they kept on and kept on until when they were they were cut off. Amen. They just kept on and on resisting God until finally, after years of resisting God, He cut them off. And it's dangerous. Some of you are in the first stages of the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost right now because you've learned to resist God. When you know you ought to give yourself to the worship of the Lord, you hold back. You know how to sit around and criticize everybody that is praising God. You've learned to resist the flow of the Spirit. You've learned to tell God no to a prayer meeting. You've learned to say, God, I don't believe everything that preacher says. You're letting little things come in you've learned to turn him off even right now while i'm preaching there's some people just turning me off i feel that i feel that i feel a resistance i said i feel a resistance i want you to know you devil i'm against you tonight amen You know, that's where you are right now, already, becoming a professional resistor. The Holy Ghost is trying to break through. God wants you to know that he's full of mercy and full of forgiveness, and he wants to save you, and he wants to help you, but even right now, even right now, when the preacher begins to get down on your case, you begin to shut God out. You do always I said you do always Resist the Holy Ghost That means you're, you're in a habit of it You've started doing it And it got easier to do it And you've kept on doing it Until you're about to get reprobate in your spirit Amen. Amen. It wasn't so bad. The first time you picked up the playboy over here at Quick Trip, but the Holy Ghost smoked you when you done it. And then you resisted again and again and again and again. God's calling you to repentance. God's long suffering He'll suffer long He wants to save you He's not just willing to cut you off It's not His will that anybody in this world Be lost But hey You can't resist Him forever You do always Resist the Holy Ghost Even as your fathers did So do ye He said you are uncircumcised in heart and ears hey sanhedrin court you're stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears you do always resist the holy ghost What do you mean I'm uncircumcised? I mean there's a thick skin of resistance over your ears and over your heart and that needs to be cut back. There needs to be a spiritual circumcision here. The knife, the blade, the word of God that's sharper than any two-edged sword needs to be put on your ear and got down in your heart until we cut away that tough skin of resistance. You know the reason that some people are sitting here tonight totally unmoved by the Spirit of God even while the sharp two-edged sword is at work in the hearts and the minds of other people is because they refuse to be cut. They refuse to open up. They have learned to resist the Holy Ghost. And you're on your way. You're walking down the road toward blasphemy. You're not there yet, but you're getting there. Let's pray right now. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God. Oh God. Let me tell you something. Sinner friend, saint of God, whoever you are, you don't lose out with God overnight. David learned to resist the Holy Ghost. A long time before he got in the bed with Bathsheba. It just didn't happen one day. No, it didn't. It didn't happen that he loved God and walked in the Spirit and sung psalms to the Lord and walked consistently with God right up to the day that he walked out on the veranda and saw a naked woman and lusted after her. No, it happened back weeks and probably months before when he began to let up on his prayer life, and he began to miss worshiping the temple, and he quit loving the law of God like he ought to, and he quit hating, sin like he ought to. And he began to gradually get cold in his spirit. Though he still came and lifted his hands a little bit. And if the preacher got too hot on him, he'd respond a little bit. But way down in his heart, he was gradually learning how to resist the Holy Ghost. Until one day, the devil got strong enough and got a hold of his flesh enough that he fell into a horrible sin. you can resist and resist and resist and for a long time it may look like well I'll never do anything very bad I'm just you know I know I'm not really where I ought to be brother Beckton. I'm not really on fire and I'm not really praying and I'm not really reading the word and I'm not really right in there in the church like I ought to be but I'm going to do better I'm going to do different after a while but right now I'm going to keep on resisting you're fooling yourself friend The longer you resist, the easier it'll be to resist. And the longer you do it, the less chance there'll be that you'll ever really get right with God and make the rapture. And besides that, you're on your first step to the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost when you're resisting the Holy Ghost. Then... After you've resisted and resisted and resisted and resisted, you finally just absolutely grieve the Spirit of God. After the Lord just keeps on being long-suffering, you just resist and resist and resist and resist. Finally, it grieves the Holy Ghost. That's what happened in Noah's day. He sent Noah a preacher of righteousness and he preached and he preached and he preached and he preached and they resisted and resisted and resisted until one day God got so grieved in his spirit he said it repents me that I ever created man I'm sorry that I ever made a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. I'm going to cover this whole earth with water. I'm going to destroy all of the inhabitants of the land except Noah and his family. Hey, God's not some juvenile delinquent with a yellow car or a red dress that just got mad on the spot and irresponsibly jumped up and done something like that to a world. It took a 120 long years of people spitting in God's face and resisting and saying, no, 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 no. And I'm going to tell you something in the Holy Ghost tonight. This world has laughed at God's work and scorned and resisted and hated the truth for so long and my God's about sick of it. I said he's about through with it. I hope his mercy will hold out just a little longer. My God, there's so many people that need the Lord. But there's so many perverts, there's so much ungodliness, there's so much sin, and there's so much rebellion right in the house of God until the Lord is sick of it. Mm. Mm. And it's grieving, God. I said it grieves. Oh, friend God wants it to be when a sinner comes in the house of the Lord that there'll be sweet unity and peace and love and the people will all worship in the spirit and they'll all pull with the preacher and there'll be that beautiful atmosphere that brings forth conversion in the souls of men he wants it that way but there's always a few reprobates sitting around that want to hinder the work of God And it absolutely grieves God's Holy Spirit when he wants to reach a lost person. But because there's a few old professional resistors, it just grieves God. It just grieves him. It grieves him. Oh, God. Paul said in Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Friend, you better not grieve that spirit. That's the thing that's sealing you and keeping you until the day of redemption. Oh, we need repentance here tonight. I said, we need some old-fashioned repentance. We need some repentance like David did when he knew he had grieved the Spirit of God. He said, Oh, God, creating me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. Oh, God, you could tell he was feeding like he was being rejected. He said, Oh, God, cast me not away from thy presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't cut me off. I know I resisted and resisted and resisted, and then I've grieved your spirit. But oh, God, give me another chance. I've been there before. Oh, God, I want to tell you, He's a merciful God tonight. But you've got a mean business. Gotta get out of right with him. I want you to turn in your Bible to Psalm seventy-eight. Oh. Psalm seventy-eight. Oh God. Psalm seventy-eight verses thirty-six through forty. Psalm seventy-eight verses thirty-six through forty. This is concerning Israel in the wilderness. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. You hear what God's word is saying? them people of God, I'm talking about the people of God out in the wilderness, he said, oh, they flattered him. Oh, we praise you, Lord. You're first in our life. Oh, we love you. God, we praise you. They flattered him. I said they flattered him. And my God hates flattery. He wants you to mean what you say. And say what you mean. They flattered him with their mouth. But they lied to him with their tongue because they really didn't love him the best. You know why they done that? Because their heart was not right with God. Amen. And they were not steadfast in the word of God. They didn't live the word like they knew to. But the Bible said he being full of compassion. Oh, thank God. I said, he, being full of compassion, I'm talking about a God that's full of compassion tonight. He forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft! If they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert, friend, they resisted God. He opened up the Red Sea. He sent quail. He sent manna. He fought their battles. He revealed to them that he was the one true living God. He done everything for them. And then all they could do backbite. Right. There. Right. There. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you hear it? How often, how often did they provoke him and grieve him? They just resisted and resisted. They went and intermarried. They went a-whoring. They went after other gods. They built groves to Baal after God had opened up the Red Sea and miraculously healed their bodies and fed their babies and let water come out of the rock and done all kinds of supernatural things for them. And then all they could do is try to be like the world around them i want to tell you you can't be like the world without holiness you won't ever see god i said without holiness inside and outside you will never see god i don't care if you talk in tongues till jesus comes you better get a right heart you better repent of sin and leave the sin in business and turn your back on this world be not conformed to this world. That means don't be like them. Don't dress like them. Don't have your hair like them. Don't go where they go. Oh. Come on, let's praise the Lord for holiness. Hallelujah hallelujah and they kept on resisting him and provoking him until they grieved him out there in the wilderness until god come down one day and said moses get out of my way i'm gonna kill every last one of them i'm gonna wipe my people off the face of the earth He was feeling the same thing he felt in Noah's day. He was feeling the same thing he felt in Sodom and Gomorrah. People just kept on slapping God away and resisting and provoking until they grieved him, until he was sorry he ever made man. And he said, I'll kill every one of them. But, oh, brother Moses, that old pastor of the sheep of Israel He stood right up to God, stood right between God, an angry God, and a sinful backslidden people. And he said, God, don't do this, don't do this. If you take these people away, you can just blot my name out. How many times has your pastor stood between an angry God and your rebellious heart? and said, oh God, you can't do it. I'm not going to let you do it. I'm going to stand in the way. You're going to have to kill me if you kill them. Oh, oh, oh God. You don't know what a praying pastor may have kept you out of hell already. That's right. You better honor this man of God. You better keep your nasty hands off of him. God'll cut you down. Oh. oh God. Oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, friend. There's a church center. There's a church standing between an angry God. And your rebellious sin, saying, Lord, don't cut them off, don't take them away. But after you just resist and resist and resist and resist and you learn how to resist and you justify yourself in your resisting. You finally grieve the holy, tender Spirit of God. Then you get to that final step of quenching the Holy Ghost. To quench means to extinguish, to put out, to overcome, to subdue, to calm, to defeat. People that learn how to overcome conviction. People that like to calm down the movement of the Spirit of the Lord people that like to extinguish and put down the fire of pentecost watch it you're getting close to quenching the holy ghost putting him completely out of your life the bible said in first thessalonians 5 19 quench not the spirit quench not the spirit don't calm it. Don't subdue it. Don't hold it down. Don't fight it. Don't overcome it. Some of you right now fighting conviction in your heart. You know I've got your number, and the word of God's coming to you tonight, but you don't want anybody to think you've ever done anything wrong. You ought to probably done jumped up and been in this altar. You probably ought to already be down here repenting. You probably ought to already be crying. But you've learned how to resist and grieve and quench the Holy Ghost. Oh God. Oh God. Proverbs 29.1 He that being often reproved. Hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. When you just keep on hardening your neck, and you just keep on resisting God, and you will not bend to the conviction of the Holy Ghost. God will let you go along and go along and go along, and then all of a sudden, He'll cut you off. Isaiah 63, 10, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and fought against them. My friend, you don't ever want to get God to become your enemy. But you can rebel and vex his Holy Spirit and fight against the move of God and resist conviction in your life until God will turn against you and become your enemy. And when He becomes your enemy, you ain't got a prayer. And I want you to hear this Scripture. I want you to hear it good. 2 Chronicles 36, verse 16. But they mocked the messenger of God and they despised his words and they misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Now you can hate what I preach tonight. You can hate me and despise my words and you can misuse the prophet here. I want you to know that's the fastest way to get the wrath of God to rise up against you and when it's fully risen he'll cut you off and there won't be a solution or a remedy left there won't be any hope amen oh God hear the word of the Lord tonight Finally. he said I've called and you have refused I've stretched forth my hand all day long and you wouldn't come and because when I called you resisted I'm going to laugh at your calamity and I'm going to mock when your fear comes when your fear cometh as desolation in the night someday friend maybe not today but someday you're going to need God more than you need anything in this world you're going to wake up with a cancer in your belly or you are going to wake up with something bad wrong are your kids going to be on the edge of death are you going to be in a domestic problem are you are going to have a financial crisis or something bad is going to happen in your life and you're going to feel your need of God like you've never felt it And God said, hey, if you've spent all your life saying, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, get away from me, God. I ain't going to pray tonight. Hey, that preacher ain't talking to me. No, I'm not going to hear that. We don't have to listen to that mess. No, you don't. You can spritz right out of here tonight. Go right on. God will probably let you go a while someday you're going to need him so bad and you're going to hear one of the most eerie things that you ever heard in your life a good long-suffering merciful God laughing at you He said I'm gonna laugh at your calamity you're gonna say oh God I'm sorry help me now he's gonna say you fool all them years all the messages I sent all the moves of the spirit that you resisted. Every time I tried to deal with your heart, you wouldn't have time for me. Now you've decided you need me. Oh, uh, uh-uh. I'm through with you. Through. Mock, mock when your fear comes. Good God, it's hard for me to believe that scripture, brother elder, that a good God would mock at somebody fearing the Lord. But he said, I'll do it. Because you resisted and resisted and resisted until you grieved my spirit. And finally, you just quenched and extinguished and put me out of your life. You wouldn't let me deal with you. You wouldn't yield. You wouldn't come. You wouldn't obey. And now I'm through with you. Let's stand Oh, Jesus Christ knelt on the hills of Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, how often I would have gathered you under my wing as a hen doth her brood. But you would not. Oh, you would not. Jesus Christ is crying now. He's worked miracles. He's healed the sick. He's pet the babies. He's raised the dead. He's taught the truth of the word. He's loved when he's been slapped. But all they'll do... Is resist and resist. And resist. Some of you aren't too interested tonight. But someday you're gonna need him, friend. Someday. Someday. Someday you're gonna need God. I've told it so many times. There was a lady in Houston that I visited regularly in the hospital. Regularly, regularly. I tried my best to get her to church and she wouldn't come. Tried my best to get her to come and be baptized and get the Holy Ghost. Then she got sick. Then they, she got in there and she got real sick. Finally, they told her she couldn't live. But I kept going and kept going and kept going. Hoping to baptize her in the bathtub or something. Just somehow I just desperately was reaching for her. I'll never forget that day. She was just about gone and I never had gotten her to do anything. Friend, I went in that morning and she grabbed my arm like she has fallen from a 10 story building. She put her claws in my skin until I nearly bled. She said, Preacher, i am dying, and I'm not ready. I'm going to die. Don't let me die, Preacher. Don't let me be lost. She gripped me. I couldn't even pull away from her. She died right there in my arms. She had the most horrible look on her face you've ever seen in your life. Somebody that just resisted and resisted and resisted. They grieved God until they just quenched Him right on out of their life. Amen. And I'll never ever forget that Nottingham boy, 22 or 3 years old, just in a service like this on a Sunday night. And God told me to go back to Him and tell Him this was His night. I'd never done anything like that before. I scared to do it, brother elder, but God kept telling me, "You better go tell that boy tonight." And I said, "Oh, he'll think just like all these preachers trying to scare people into the altar. They all do that." And I wouldn't go. I kept arguing with God. And God said, "You better go." And I went back to that boy, and I said, "You need to come to the altar tonight." He said, "I ain't coming tonight." I said, "Then you never will come." This is your night. He didn't believe me. He kind of smirked, laughed. It's like some of your attitudes are tonight. Ah, It's another scary sermon. But the next day, you hear me now. The next day he was killed on his job. 22 years old. We put him in the ground and the next Sunday night his brother his older brother that was in the church Eugene Nottingham in Houston, Texas got up and testified and he began to cry. He was a big old hard man He never cried. He just never cried. He began to just weep profusely And he said I had a dream of my kid brother last night And said he was walking through the flames of hell just black burned black and said I I come to in my dream and said he was speaking to me. He said, Oh, Gene, Brother Becton tried to tell me. Now I'm tormented in these flames. Oh, friend. He rejected God one night too many. Some of you have played with God for so long you don't even put any stock in what I'm saying right now. You are a professional resistor you've rejected and rebelled so long you've walked out on preachers telling these kind of stories so long till you don't even believe what i'm saying but you better hear me tonight you're closer to the blasphemy of the holy ghost than you've ever realized when you learn how to walk out on god not after night it's not one little word or one little deed or some bad joke or some sacrilegious thing that's going to cut you off. It's you just continually turning your back on a God that loves you and is trying to draw you to Calvary. This altar's open tonight. Oh... Will somebody come and seek the Lord? Ilabasa <laughs> tolo kama Maria. Ilama ho shanya. Come on, friends. Everybody come and pray. Come on. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray.
1: day, I know He's found you. Come on, let's change tonight. Let's walk out of here a different human being. Oh God, I'm not going to resist you anymore. But I'm going to be sensitive to your Holy Ghost, God. Because one thing I don't want to do is wind up on a reprobate pile filled with blasphemies of the Holy Ghost, God. Oh! God I call on your name tonight renew me Lord renew me Lord oh change me God that I might not never be so careless with your spirit again oh shanamotikishayamahaya itashandalamotikishayamahaya Yala mokoriam haya Ya tori koriamori haya Hallelujah 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 Oh save Savior. Savior humble cry what on others now are calling do not pass yes now a calling I'm gonna live like you want me to live when you tell me to go witness I'm gonna follow the Holy Ghost. Lord, when you tell me to pray, I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. Lord, when I know I need to be in the house of God, I'm going to be there. Lord, when you want me to worship your holy name, I'm going to worship your holy name. Lord, I'm not going to resist you no more. I'm not going to resist your spirit no more, God. I can't afford, Lord, to wind up in blasphemy. Oh! Uma shalaman yeda mahaya, haka shalea boho Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise.